excitement is key, like getting excited for something. Of course, we're not excited about everything we do, but like, what is that Mm. transition state that we can get excited about before we have to go and be like, then I'm going to be really focused on doing some work or getting a job done. There's going to be something part of your day that you can get excited about. Are you tired of small talk? Me too. How do we channel spirit messages? What can angels and demons teach us? What's quantum leaping? How do we shift timelines? Who are the star seeds among us? Are dragons real? Big Souls brings big ideas down to earth. Let's plant some abundant seeds into the garden of your mind. Join the big talk. So the idea of today's conversation is to talk about how to channel our inner children into the world. Obviously, there is an inner child in all of us that doesn't go anywhere. That inner child is with you from the day you're born until the day you die. And that inner child is the version of you that is excited to be alive, that is excited to go out into the world and to create and explore and just channel that joy that, you know, doesn't have any limits to it. But we go into the adult world and we kind of lose some of that spark. We lose that connection to the inner child. And so my first question to you, Jackie, is life can be super stressful. And when that happens, what's an easy way to calm our inner world and restore our inner joy to return to that inner child? This is a great question and such a great time of year to be uh, presenting this conversation about joy. You have to especially leave work at work. You know, so if you're in like a traditional kind of work place, get home and try to leave it there. It can be very difficult. So some of the ways I reset when I come home is that might be take a hot bath, take a hot shower, do a meditation, just lay down and have calm, listen to some like soothing music. And then, you know, being able to maybe put on like a funny TV show or a funny program. For me, humor is a great way to get back into joy. And so being silly, I have two King Charles Cavalier dogs and they are silly. And so when I'm like getting down on the floor and playing with them as if I was a dog, because I think I'm actually part dog sometimes, um, and I will just chase them around the house and play with them for some time. And I, I don't have children, so this is what I do. And it's a lot of fun and it's really silly. And so I think it's just finding a way to, even if you had a really bad day, and I've had some really hard weeks recently, it's like, just put it away and say, you know what? The day's over. Again, I'm not great at it every day. There's days I can't let it go. And I really have to have a good cry (laughs) and struggle a little bit and lean on my friends. But just to kind of put it away and then say, well, what are the things in my control that make me feel really good? And what could I do at home? Luckily, like I come back to a home place that feels so nice and so joyful. And so that's how I'm trying to kind of reset after like a stressful day is finding those kind of small moments of joy because we all can make them happen. Like we don't have to wait for something to come to us. We can make that happen. Yeah. It's almost like we need those mistletoe moments, but they're not for romance. They're for joy. And when we see those, we're like, oh, now we need to introduce some play. Now we need to introduce some humor, share a joke or, you know, watch something, do something like little prompts. And maybe that's one way to add those invitations for joy in the house you leave something in every room and when you see it every time you walk through that room like oh i need to do something i need to reset that energy as you said going and playing with your dogs is one way to do that and that's 
a funny way to both reset your energy and connect mm -hmm. with something uh, in someone in the living space. But what would you say to, as a teacher, you're communicating to a lot of younger versions of us, younger souls, when they get stressed, what do you say to them? Well, I think, like, and I see this a lot in my school, it's very um, about competition. And I, that's like one thing I see in schools that really is failing our children is that it's too much about competition. And every child trying to like one up each other and compare. They don't see their own unique spark. They just compare themselves to others. So usually like when I see some of that, I teach seniors and college applications are through and like they're waiting on colleges is that don't compare to other people. Just enjoy what you have to provide, you know, in this space and who you are. And also like, don't take life so seriously. School's important. Doing well is important. You know, they want to get into good colleges and have a good job one day. And that's all important. But if you miss the moments where you're connecting with a friend, you're like laughing, you're something's going on in the school community that's really joyous and you're missing out on it because you're so stressed out about school, about grades, about college, then you're kind of missing the whole point. Because even in those stressful moments at school, there are moments of community. There's moments that are just really special. We had this event last week where our dean puts on inclusive forums where people get to share personal things about themselves so we can get to know each other more. And this one was more about everyone having the opportunity to share. So there was like scenarios and some were really serious and some were kind of silly. And we had to talk about, well, is this a petty thing or is it a problem? And mm -hmm. so the first scenario, which was posed by a faculty member, it's funny because it's like the bane of our existence is um, coming to class and the bell didn't ring yet, chatting with your friends. Then the bell rings. Oh, can I go to the bathroom now? <laughs> and you're like, wait, you've just been here for five minutes, like chatting with your friends. Why don't you just do that then? So many of the students were like, oh, this is petty. <laughs> and then the faculty's like, this is a problem. And it just, it was funny. And we were all laughing. Like it was like clearly a, a scenario and things that maybe over time could become an issue if there's many students doing it and you feel like your class is just not in control at all. But it was silly and we got to all share something. And so those are the moments where you could just pause and say, we're having a moment in community and sharing about something and we can all kind of like laugh about it. I think those are the reminders for young people is that don't take yourself so seriously. Live in the moment. When you're a teenager and you're like in college, those are some of the best years. They could be hard years, but some of the best years of your life. Mm -hmm. You have like really strong friendships. The memories you make are ingrained in your memory. Like they're so important. And so if we don't stay present in the moment, um, we're really missing a lot. And so, you know, that's kind of what I would say to them. I did not like high school, so I probably don't want to remember a lot of it, but I wasn't very social and kind of kept to myself. I didn't live in the moment when I was in high school. I was very stressed out. So I didn't really have a lot of fond memories of high school. And that was, you know, maybe I wish someone said that to me, like, hey, Jackie, live in the moment, just go yeah. do something that's kind of fun and silly. But then I, I did that more in college. And so I took on a lot more of that presence and like really enjoying it with people and of course, I have lots of great memories from that too. 
I love that. And it it's, you know, we all do this dissociation. We all try to kind of escape the present moment when we're not exactly where we want to be. And I think waiting for the bell to ring to do something that takes you out of the situation because you're not really happy to be in that situation. Mm-hmm. But it's always an opportunity to learn from others. If you bring that curiosity back into the conversation, if you ask the person that's in front of you to share something that they're excited about, even mm-hmm. if it's not something that you are passionate about, that's a way to connect with others on a deeper level and kind of bring that inner child with you in the room and not think of life as being this series of chores and series of mm-hmm. responsibilities and punishment. So if I'm not on time, I'm going to get punished. If I don't know the lesson, I'm going to get punished. And it's usually we're missing the life lessons and the process of trying yeah. to fit ourselves into specific standards. Um, That's so true. You learn more from your peers too. Like a lot of times, like in school, I feel like your biggest life lessons are not just necessarily in class and like the content that you're learning or skills, but it's from each other. Like, what are you learning from each other? And it's one thing I ask them at the end of the year, you know, we go around and do like this, like sharing out and I have them write on posters and they like share about like the things they learned content wise, historical skills, all of that being a student. But then I'm like, what did you learn from each other? Mm-hmm. You know, were there perspectives, were there funny moments, were there things that you picked up on that were really cool and interesting in presentations? And when they can note that, then that's kind of like the memory, right? It's like, I'm not gonna remember everything I learned in history class, but I'm gonna remember those people I spent a year with. And the things they had to say or the funny things that they presented or the creativity that they presented in like a project. So those are really great moments to try to capture is asking them the questions about what do you learn from each other more than anything? Yeah, and this could be applied in the workplace as well. Yeah. It's not just in school because when we go to work, we change jobs as part of our career path and we meet different people. And if we could always bring it back to what can we exchange now in the present moment? The current versions that we are, what can we teach one another? There's always this moment of co-creation that happens on a subconscious level sometimes, but because you've said that attitude for the day, that intention, today I'm going to share more of myself or today I'm going to get to know somebody else. You are able to leave the stress zone and enter the more playful side of experiencing mm-hmm. life. Stress and play are happening at the same time. It's really your mindset mm-hmm. that kind of moves you from one to the other. Because even in the yeah. most stressful situations, you can still remember a joke. You can still have a dance, <laughs> shake it off <laughs> and shift the, the energy of the room. Yeah, that's a great point is shifting the mindset. If you can't change the situation at hand at that time, you know, like what could I do to think about it differently and make it kind of silly or playful or be positive and say, well, it could be worse. <laughs> it could be worse, right? So let me just have gratitude for it not being as bad as it could be. <laughs> yeah, 100%. Or reflect back onto moments when you were younger and you wanted to be exactly where you are right now as you're preparing for the next phase you want to reach. Because we reach the top of the mountain and we think to ourselves, oh, there's another mountain over there. I can see it. I want to climb that one next. But yeah, we give yourself the chance to actually enjoy the view where you are and get to know the environment of that top. Because when you started the climb, you didn't know what you're going to meet on top. But now that you've made it on top, mm. who's there? Let me see if I can make some new friends today. <laughs> yeah, that's great. It's great perspective. Stress is one of the aspects that kind of blocks our inner child. I think the other one is when life gets a little bit Blah, which is usually what happens when we get into, you know, a life of routines, which is something that mm. 
we keep talking about habits and changing our lifestyle so we can optimize our time and bring more efficiency. But when it's very repetitive, we can lose that spark once again. So what would be one quick way to reboot our imagination as someone that has a lot of experience in capturing the attention of young people? And we all know that young people... Their attention is everywhere. So to be able to capture that attention, you have to use a lot of imagination. So what are your tips? Yeah, I mean, this is a great question right now because it's winter time here in New Jersey. So the weather is quite blah. I think it's being spontaneous. So if you're in like a routine and you're kind of doing the same thing, and of course, students too love routines. Most people, you know, like some kind of routine because they feel some sense of security in that. It's just to switch something up that could be very small. I always like to share stories and get kind of personal with my students. And then they think I'm always like too sherry. So I'm like, so this is what I do. I had insomnia really bad when I was in high school and college. So now bed and sleeping is like my favorite thing in the whole world. I get super, super excited for it. I'm like, oh my gosh, it's bedtime. I'm so excited. So I tell them like, I get this lavender spray and I spray it either like on myself or you could spray it on like a pillow. And then like, I might play some like, peaceful music and you're supposed to go to bed like at least 15 minutes before you want to fall asleep. I set my little sleep calculator about when you're going to get up and then it tells you when you should go and fall asleep because it's how you get out of your sleep cycle stages. And so you should try to go to bed about 15 minutes before. I gave them like this whole breakdown of my sleep routine. And then I was like, and I love sleep and I get really good sleep now. And they're all looking at me like, oh, my gosh, you are crazy. Like, what are you tra- you're just sharing all this information with us. And then um, I was telling them about states of consciousness and all the different states. So I told them how I recently did the one state of consciousness we talk about is sensory deprivation. I was like, well, I've experienced that. You're like, what do you mean? I'm like, I went to this place called Float. It's really cool. You go into this chamber and it's super dark. There's like no sound and you just lay in salt water because you're really buoyant and you do that for like an hour and you're just laying there and you're like, that sounds terrifying. I'm like, it is amazing. You should all try it. (laughs) So I just like share funny stories with them and they'll just be spontaneous to break up the lesson. And then like, if I start class like that and I'm like, okay, now we're going to get into like what we need to get done. It lightens the mood. It's a funny moment where I'll have them like turn and talk to each other and share like funny stories too. So that's like one thing I do at school. If like things are just kind of like, wow, we're in this like stressful time. And then at home, like I just like to be creative. So I'm not much of like, you know, I wrote a book. I consider myself an author and a podcaster. I'm not really that great at like art, like drawing, but I do find it soothing and it is something I want to dive more back into. And I find like creativity helps to break the blah. So if you're just like, I'm kind of stuck in this routine of the day, come home, either like bake, make something really yummy, maybe do something a little different for dinner. I always try to add a little flair of um, a special dessert, maybe not every single night because you know we're not going to eat like fancy desserts every night. But you're like, you know what, let me just pick up something at the grocery store and I surprise my husband and be like, oh, I got this like really yummy decadent like cupcake. And it sounds so simple and silly, but those little tiny tweaks can add a little glimmer of something kind of spontaneous and special. And it breaks up like the monotony of like the same thing you do every day. And it just takes like one little tweak. 
putting on some music on Alexa and like, especially like listening to something from when I was in high school or college, like in the nineties and putting some music on and singing along. So yeah, these little tweaks you can do. It's not very difficult, but it's just, even if you think like you're not going to get in that headspace, like sometimes like I write myself a little notification on my phone, like, Oh, I'm feeling a little like, eh blah down. It's like when I get home, I want to draw a little bit or I want to put on some music or dance around again, play with my dogs in the kitchen, whatever that is. And give yourself a mental note that you might need a little pick me up <laughs> if you've been having kind of a, a blah moment in your day. That's great advice, especially what you said about sleep. You recognize it because sleep is one of the most essential kind of building blocks for your maintenance, for your routine. So the moment you get excited about something that seems Lie and monotonous and kind of boring. It's the moment when you get excited, you bring that childlike energy to it. How can I make this even more exciting? Because you mentioned the lavender yeah. spray. It's almost like you have this ritual, but you are excited mm-hmm. about the ritual before the actual, you know, routine, the, the actual habit. But that's, yeah, that's a yeah. really useful practice that we can all apply to. And it doesn't matter what habit you pick, it, it can be dinner. Some people find making dinner blah because it's oh, every single night I have to cook dinner or going to the gym. Oh, every single day I have to go to the gym. But what if you focus on the routine that is before the actual habit, mm. the ritual as it mm-hmm. is? What if you were to play your favorite song, then you create a specific choreography that is just between you and your inner child. <laughs> and then you go and yeah. do that thing. Yeah, I love like, that. I do that too on my way to work. Like I have a little bit of a commute. So I actually get very excited to be on my way to work. And then I get at work and I'm like, oh, it's work, work. I love my job, but you know, I'm with kids. Um, but on my way to work, I'm like, well, I have a half hour. Instead of being like, oh, it's a half hour commute. I might be in traffic. I'm like, I get to listen to my favorite podcast or I have some friends who left voice notes and I normally don't listen to them in the evening because if I'm watching a show or a movie with my husband, I try not to be like on my phone listening to something and being super distracting. So I'm like, oh, I have these voice notes from a friend that I can listen to on my Bluetooth on the way to uh, school. And then that like fills me up with joy because I get to like share in like information with them or whatever that is. So I like really look forward to going into my car, (laughs) which sounds again, blah, but it's those moments of I get to listen to something I really enjoy and be very present in it because I'm sitting in my car driving and I might be in traffic and I know it's going to be at least a half hour. So I'm dedicating to being very present in whatever I'm listening to, too. So that's a great way to view it. It's the ritual before the routine. I like that. Yeah. I used to commute an hour to work and back. And I knew in that one hour, I'm going to read a book. I'm going to listen to a podcast. I'm going to catch up with messages like you mentioned. Mm. I'm going to write my own things or I'm just going to, you know, enjoy a new album, explore something while I'm in that space where somebody else is taking care of me because I don't need to drive Mm. the bus. I can just Mm -hmm. relax and enjoy whatever, you know, inspiration I'm being guided to use. And I think working from home, a lot of people have lost a little bit of that. And I think we're comparing, you know, now that we've earned some of that time, because, you know, commute takes away from our time, sometimes our energy. Mm. But in that time, that time wasn't lost. We just yeah. learned about the world in different ways. But I think now we're losing a little bit of the curiosity when we're at home, working from home. True. And it's useful to remind ourselves in the new year, how can we book half an hour at the start of the day and half an hour at the end of the day, which is our commute time yeah. for exploration? Built in like the commute time at school or at um, home. So it's like... Yeah. If I, you know, were to 
transfer into like, say a virtual job at some point, I had that half hour from like 7, 7.15 to 7.45. How do I still build that into the morning? Maybe it's not, maybe it is the same time depending on when like the work mm-hmm. day needs to start. Or what if like, I'm kind of like working for myself and I'm like, well, I can start at nine. Well, I still want to maybe build that in at like eight or something like that. So I think it's just being disciplined. And that doesn't sound like inner child or joy, but when you're an adult and you have a lot of things on your plate, we kind of almost have to be disciplined in how we use our time to then have moments of joy. So it's like building in the time and kind of sticking to that and saying, this is going to be a joyful time before I have to like be super hyper-focused on whatever work I'm doing. And then that becomes like, again, the new routine. Excitement is key, like getting excited for something. Of course, we're not excited about everything we do, but like, what is that Mm. transition state that we can get excited about before we have to go and be like, then I'm going to be really focused on doing some work or getting a job done. There's going to be something part of your day that you can get excited about. Yeah, If you think about self-discipline that isn't attached to the act, but to the energy, you're self-disciplined mm. to showing up for your inner child for 30 minutes every single day. That shifts your attitude towards that time, your anticipation, because you're thinking, I get to spend time in a playful state, in a joyful state for 30 minutes, doesn't matter what the activity <laughs> is. You are building that stronger relationship with yourself. And I think that's precious, especially before you start the day and you give so much of yourself to other people because we're all trying to help others. We're all co-creating with other people. And sometimes, you know, our responsibilities require us to fully dedicate ourselves to other people to to take Mm -hmm. care of them in one way or another. And if we don't have that, even five minutes a day to ourselves, but imagine if Mm -hmm. we had 30 minutes in the morning to strengthen our relationship with ourselves and you can call it inner child or you can call it you bonding with yourself, but... Yeah. I think self-discipline is not so strict. It's not so boring. It's not so blah, but it's yay. <laughs> yes, I know. It is important when you're an adult and a lot of us have to pour a lot of energy, whether that's we have families, like I don't have children, but then I go to a place where I have about a hundred people in my space <laughs> throughout the day with like kids and faculty and it's a lot of energy. It's a lot of attention. It's a lot of me listening. Mm -hmm. And that's just part of who I am and part of what I do. But then it's like, if I don't put in the time to fill my cup or like give myself self care, then I start to not be good at that part. And like, then I'm not there Mm -hmm. for other people. So like even a half hour. So again, I got to commute. So I'm kind of lucky I can do that. But if I didn't have the commute, I would be disciplined to build that in in the morning time. So I had something to myself before I had to like give, give, give to other people. Love that. And now we've kind of covered what happens when life is stressful, what happens when life goes blah. And the last point is what happens when life gets scary? Mm -hmm. And I think this is very relevant with everything that is going on in the world, with the cost of living, with the wars and all these ridiculous news that we're being shown every single day that, you know, they're just kind of fueling the fear that we're feeling if we were to, you know, listen to it. What's one way that we can ground our energy so that we can access our inner adventure and the person that maybe isn't just inspired for themselves, but also wants to inspire other people because our energy could influence a room filled with hundreds of people when we are grounded. Yeah. Well, going back into that, like the connection with other people, I have found when life is scary to remind yourself, you're not doing this alone. And even if you feel 
like you don't have a lot of people in your physical space. Maybe you're a single person who lives on their own. Maybe you don't have a lot of family or you don't have close friends nearby that you could physically see. I've created some of my strongest friendships through online groups and they have been my huge, huge support. It's just a quick text message or like, I just need to talk to someone on my ride home after work. Even if it's just a vent or get another perspective, it just changes the energy, like completely changes the energy. And then I feel like, oh, even in scary times, even when there's a lot on my plate or there's a lot going on where I feel like I'm needing to stand up and use my voice and I'm feeling a little vulnerable, I have a lot of people to support me and I am not afraid to ask for help. So that's, there's a lot of vulnerability in that. So when you are feeling that, go back to the place that it's okay to ask for help. It's okay to say to someone, I just really need you to listen to me. I am having a hard time or there's a lot going on in the world and it's hard for me to process. And I just, I just really want to talk to someone. And I also found once you get into like maybe a space of healing from that, is then sharing positive messages. So I've been sharing a lot of positive messages when there's been a lot of polarity and division, particularly around like the war, you know, with Israel and Gaza and just a lot of division in general in politics here in America, we always have that. And it's like, well, what is my one piece that I can do to maybe help ground myself and then also hopefully maybe help ground others is just by sending out very like messages about peace and love and hope and that we're all in community together. You're not alone. And there is hope that we can have peace. There is hope that we are raising our consciousness and people will, you know, will want to like unite and not be divided so much. So, and those who don't get it and they want to stay divided, that's okay. It's not their time. You know, the messages are not for everyone. They might get it later down the road. And so when you're sending out messages to your community, to people in your family, to people online, I think it has to come from a place of authenticity of, I'm not trying to prove anything. Mm -hmm. I'm not trying to influence. I'm not trying to change people's mindset. It's like a gift. It's just an energy. It's a light. Take it if you want to. If you don't and you're not ready for it or you're really in that battle, that's okay. It's okay. So it's like you just have to give it to give it. And then it feels really good. Like it feels good to yourself to know that I'm in a place of peace and I'm trying to give peace. Doesn't mean that everything in the world is shifting and changing right now. There's still a lot going on and you're not denying it. That's the thing. There's no denial of like, you're not like, la la la, everything's great. I'm just ignoring this that's going on in the news. No, it's not that. It's just I'm going to come from a different angle and give at least some kind of light to people when there's a lot of darkness. And I think it's happening more and more. I'm seeing more people doing this Mm. and that's uplifting. I think a lot of people are getting really tired of the division and tired of the darkness. And they're like, I can't, I can't do that anymore. I want to be in that place of peace. So I am seeing more people come online with those messages. So then you feel like you're in community too. Ask for help. People are there. There's tons of beautiful people in community online. You can find your space. I mean, LinkedIn, it's like, there's like angels everywhere. (laughs) Absolutely. And uh, it's also useful to remember that when life gets scary and you get scared, when you're feeling that 
fear. Maybe it's your inner child that's feeling scared and it just needs you to remember and remind yourself, I am here for you to kind of say to yourself that you're here for yourself. And in moments when you are afraid or you see people around you afraid to act from that place of leading, even if your voice is shaky, record the video, write the blog, share it and listen to your voice as you hear it kind of strengthening as you're delivering Mm. that message because there is a powerful kind of spiritual warrior in all of us there's a powerful teacher and a powerful mentor in all of us and sometimes when we feel alone it's an invitation for us to discover our strength it when we Mm. feel scared it's an invitation for us to discover our courage that is within us If we're capable of feeling the fear, we're also capable of feeling the bravery. It's the polarity. So true. Yes. Life gets scary. Remember that you're not alone, just as you said, but think of it as an invitation to act from that place of love, from that place of rising above the situation and doing something about it. Because, you know, a lot of people say that the opposite of depression is expression. And when we feel Mm -hmm. the fear, it's very easy for us to be pulled back into that state of depression and anxiety and fear but the moment you express yourself you open yourself you connect with people that are aligned we that's how we connected yeah we messages and we found each other through kind of shining our light and being brave saying i am not going to be defined by the darkness i carry my own light and i'm going to share it with the world i don't know who it's going to reach but i know that's going to reach someone yeah and i think another thing just with calming yourself because i I have many times in my life have dealt with anxiety and had difficult times calming myself. But what I found recently is deep, deep breathing, like really doing that, like taking a deep breath, like doing the like breathe in, count to four, hold it four, and release four and doing that a few times. And it's amazing how your body will actually calm down because a lot of that energy is in your nervous system and you're, you're Mm -hmm. in that sympathetic nervous system. You're all fight or flight. And if you don't do anything to break out of it, the fear just builds up, the anxiety builds up, which then eventually like actually hurts your body. And so just some deep breathing, doing something that's calming, going on a walk, going for a run, taking a hot shower, whatever that is to kind of like calm your nervous system. Because if you do something to just first go to the biology. If you're like, I don't know how to deal with my emotions right now, but I know my nervous system yes. is way up. So do something physically to calm the nervous system. And then that usually will also help the emotional state. It's also okay to be a human and be a little reactive. So something big happens, something really stressful happens, mm-hmm. and you go into fear mode or you go into like anxious mode. That is okay. That is a normal human reaction. And I think we need to give ourselves grace that we aren't like robots and we're not also like these like super light angels like that are just like, everything's going to be fine. But it's how quick we repair. That's that's the key. Like, So if you are going to be in a state of anxiety or like, I'm scared, okay, that's your natural fight or flight. You're trying to assess the situation. Do I really need to stay fearful? Do I really need to stay scared? Do I need to stay in this anxious state? And then once you realize I have support, I am safe, it's all part of our evolution. Like we have that response because when we were like early hominids, like 
we had to like deal with wild animals, right? We had to like be up all night because we don't know if like an animal would come into our cave or whatever Mm -hmm. that may be. So it's built into our system to have this incredible response with the fight or flight, but we have it now to so many situations that we are actually safe, but our body's still reacting like we're not safe. So we have to recognize it and then we have to do something about it. So the cognitive has to come in and say, wait a second, let me assess the situation. Do I really need to be in fear right now? Do I need to be in high anxiety? How can I actually like calm down and then just take a break, take a breather? And it's getting off of social media. <laughs> like you got to get off of the te- technology is great for this connection. But when especially like big things happen like war, violence, and it's all over social media, right? And young people can get sucked into it. Mm-hmm. If you're constantly viewing this over and over and over again, you're just like feeding your nervous system and you're keeping it in that sympathetic state that's very aroused and it's not going to be helpful to your cognitive, your emotional state. So it's great to be in the know. We need to know what's going on in the world. We need to like, you know, hold light for others going through really difficult times, but get off of social media too and take a break. Go in nature. Nature is so healing. Whenever I take a walk in nature, it just, it cleanses everything. It's just a really easy way to calm down. Yeah take a break from humans and go spend some time in nature. <laughs> yes. No, I love That's that. so true. I love that because it's like, we're like pendulums and we move around and you know, it's, they're all connected, you know, the dark and the light, they're connected. It's, it's a circle or infinity, whatever you want to describe it as, but we can't stay down for too long. We're always going to go up, mm. but when we're up, we can't stay up as well. We have to go down and whether it's sideways or up and down, it's, it's always connected. So in those moments where you recognize the fear, you, you're being taken away from your center, just mm. a few steps to return back to the center so that you can be closer to that state of joy because we don't want to promote that false positivity that we're mm. happy all the time. That's not natural. Mm. It's okay to feel our emotions and fear is a natural response. Anger is a natural response. It's just recognizing how much is this beneficial to you to stay in that state of fear 24 7 it's not same with anger same with sadness and possibly even with joy and happiness to be always in that state of joy and happiness especially like Mm -hmm. empaths of the world and teachers they feel this responsibility to be the brave face to be the the source Mm -hmm. of joy for others but that's a lot of pressure to put on yourself to always be the one to uplift the room and Allow yourself to do things for yourself and allow yourself to unmask. You don't have to be strong all the time. You don't have to be joyful all the time. Just go out in nature and forget about Mm. who you want to be or who society is telling you to be. Just go and be and see where the adventure takes you. Let nature take care of you and show you the way. Because I just find myself in the middle of that garden and a butterfly comes. And it's like, follow me, follow me, I'll show you the way. Nature will just play with you. Like if you, when it's not freezing cold in the wintertime, but some people can handle it, go and take your shoes off and put your feet in the grass, run around in the grass, in the dirt, whatever that is. And then just like zero in on maybe like an animal, an insect, or just wind you see passing through the trees. And when you do that, it's like you're in awe, like you're a child, you know, and it's so simple, but because we're so busy and we're so manic all over the place, we, we tend to forget that nature can just show us so much beauty and awe. And going back to kind of just that last part about, you can't be like 
in the joy all the time, that could be detrimental too, is that term of like toxic positivity. It sounds like people are being too critical of being optimistic, but there is something about if you're just super high energy positive all the time, another thing that could do is you're not relatable. Like people can't relate to you. And then people think like you're almost putting them down because they are human and they are going through a struggle. And we have to also be there for people and saying like, yeah, you know what? That sucks. Like, I get it. Like, that's a hard time. And you know what? It's, it's where you're at right now. And it feels pretty crappy right now, but it's not going to be like that forever. You will be able to be on the other side of it. And I'm going to help you. Like, I'm here. Like, if you need to like, just cry, right? Or just vent. Crying actually feels really joyful. So <laughs> if you need a good cry, and you just get it all out of you. Afterwards, you're like, huh, I'm so cleansed. That was great. I'm so glad I cried. <laughs> it's a release that happens. It is, it is. Yeah. Yeah. And once again, when you recognize these emotions, if you want to kind of strengthen yourself in the moments where you're more vulnerable or, you know, more fearful, more just glad, just think of yourself as the protector of your inner child and give that space for your inner child to fully express yourself, whether you need to cry, whether you need to punch the pillow, not humans, just punch the pillow. <laughs> just think of yourself as the protector that's giving you that safe space for you to have a healthy expression of whatever mm. you're feeling and give yourself permission to just feel it and let yeah. it go because a lot of people are holding on to these big regrets or heavy feelings of disappointment and it's kind of destroying them from within because they're unable to let it go. It's an emotion. It's it's a state of you know your inner world that you've got to experience as part of the spectrum. What mm -hmm. else is there? Think of your inner world as a rainbow. And sometimes it's mm -hmm. going to be a little bit of the blue shades where it's a little bit more sad. But blue is also the color of the sky. So, you know, there's hope every time we see yes. it. Way. You can always share analogy. That. Yeah. And that's like the beauty of being human is that you have these emotions. And when you go through it, it's flow. Like you're just in flow in that emotion. And then it's going to move past you and then you're on to the next thing and on to the next side so it's like instead of ignoring it or pushing the side or saying i don't want to deal with it which usually will fester and cause other mm -hmm. problems if you just let it be and be like you know what i'm just gonna cry right now because i just yeah. need to cry because things are really hard and i'm just gonna do it like literally like a five minute thing of that and you're like oh i'm, I'm good i'm good now <laughs> yeah and if you are saying to yourself oh i don't have time for this right now Think about the priorities that you're putting in front of managing your own emotions. What is it that's more important to you kind of coming back to yourself? Is it deadlines? Is it emails? Is it other people? Because that's where you're going to recognize where your energy is being kind of siphoned, not yeah. necessarily with malicious intent, but where we're able to strengthen these energetic boundaries, we can return to ourselves a lot faster and to return to that state of joy and balance so we can be yeah. more balanced for the people that we want to work with we want to co-create with and channel our inner children with because this magic that happens when we're with co-workers when we're with friends and family when we're happy it's almost like we get to have these spontaneous moments where it's our inner children it's not us our inner children mm -hmm. are being channeled and we're being goofy and we're be being silly and when we're stressed, when we're feeling the burdens of the world, we cannot channel those to create these meaningful moments. So yeah. think about what's more important in your mind right now, in your set of priorities that's taking you away from yourself. Because 
everything that you're prioritizing over yourself is draining your cup and you cannot pour from an empty cup, like we said, and you cannot show up authentically. And the moment you share your authentic self, it's the moment you share your inner child. And it's beautiful when we watch people be happy to be alive, even Mm. if there's a spectrum of emotions. I love that. What a beautiful message. You're doing such beautiful work in the world. These are really great conversations. I think they're going to help a lot of people, you know, and it's a joyful time, but it can be a really hard time too. Mm -hmm. So I think this is a really great project that you're doing, especially this time of year. So I just love coming on your show, Stella. (laughs) Thank you, Jackie. I could say the same about your work. And I love that I got to create two episodes, two beautiful conversations with you. If you were to put, you know, one wish into the universe, what would it be for 2024? Well, I have big ideas and big visions. And I know your whole theme here is big ideas is that I really want to start. I have my book out and I really want to start speaking more about like my ideas for education and kind of using the book as that catalyst for that. Um, I also have a second book that I want to work on where I want to really reach out to children and interview them and get their ideas about education. Like really truthfully, what do you see in it? Mm -hmm. And from all different education spaces, not necessarily all from the public school system or private school system, but different age groups, different socioeconomic backgrounds, different countries, different, again, educational systems to see also if there's a pattern of what they see and what they want. Because I think if we follow the children and what they see and their truth then we're going to be able to really do something to change and make it better because it's for them. And so that's kind of my next vision. But I'm going to keep building these relationships like I have with you and collaborating because I think it's all about our collaborations. It's We're not doing this by ourselves. I couldn't agree more. And I think this was the best way to end our conversation. Go and spend more time with younger people and see what their ideas are and what they're channeling into the world because they are the future. So Mm -hmm. by definition, they already know what they find valuable, what to follow, the trends. They're not only setting the trends, they're recognizing the trends. So spend more time with younger people so that you can see where the future is. It's yes. not to say that the the older generations don't have anything to teach us. It's more to do with let's stop devaluing younger mm-hmm. people because of their age, because our souls, we don't know how old our souls are. <laughs> <laughs> That's so true, right? They could be much older than you. You know, when you talk to that kid and you're like, wow, he's like my grandpa. <laughs> they just have such wisdom and they're like, oh, years old. yeah. <laughs> And especially if we're, if we're here to channel our inner children a little bit more, be more spontaneous and more playful, we can learn a lot more from the children. And if we were to stop trying to fit them in and our expectations of how they should behave and allow them to show us how we should behave and how we could behave True. in a way that's a little bit more balanced, 2024 yeah. might just be the most so. joyful year. <laughs> I really do feel this energy of newness and excitement Mm -hmm. and a lot of like what people have been working on the last couple of years, building to like this moment of actually like seeing all the light coming from that work. So I think there's going to be a lot of hope in 2024. Just be in a state of joy and lean on each other. They, you know, this is all about a community of friendship and there's tons of people out there that just love to be there for you and talk with you. Absolutely. Now go out and channel your inner child. They've been waiting (laughs) for you to return to them. (laughs) 